and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast. My name is Greg Mahachko. Damn glad to be back. Thanks to these two guys. If you're uh, in the video version on YouTube, they're in some location. Uh, thanks to our founder and fearless leader, John Damn Johnston. And as also to horns down himself, Todd Theodore Wolverton. I kind of feel horns down. I don't know what that means, though, but I kind of feel horns down. I feel like, horn- like you need a pill. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe a blue pill would get me horns up. I don't know. Yeah. 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 This episode brought to you by Blue Chew. Keeping that horn high no, no matter where you are or how old. Uh, if you're noticing... It is the afternoon when we're recording this. If you're watching on YouTube, we all look like decent, respectable human beings. Collars, I've got cufflinks, and not not a robe in sight. So, naturally, this is going to be our worst show ever. Probably. <laughs> because it's the robe that really brings us the power. Uh, first of all, I, let me say uh, to you both uh, a sincere thank you uh, because when the twins were born, it's hard to believe five months ago, uh, we knew that the schedule was going to become topsy-turvy, and it did. I didn't realize to the extent you know, that I get home from work and uh, I'll have two screaming children and my wife with her hair a mess, and she'd be like, just take one, I'm going upstairs. So uh, that's how most of my evenings are. So I want to thank you guys for... Uh, uh, going above and beyond and, and uh, keeping this thing afloat here in the last few months. Uh, we're we're going to move heaven and earth to make sure that I can be here as often as possible. Uh, so I just want to want to thank you guys. Todd, I know you've stepped in uh, and, and uh, carried a, a tremendous uh, amount of the load uh, from the hosting standpoint because John refuses to do it. Uh, so, and then there's that. <laughs> the, that's the one who I, I was I told just stay in the other room, watch your cartoons. You don't know how to listen, do you? Then go to the other room and watch your cartoons. Yeah, no, he's saying it off camera. So when I do that, it looks like child abuse. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so I know we talked, or, or you, uh, it was on the show last week about Oklahoma, Texas. And the uh, uh, turmoil that we are seeing uh, in in the Big Twelve, and it's it's a, a pleasant reminder how ten years after the fact, uh, Nebraska fans should be happy that we're not in that conference anymore. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I like that uh, video that that Annie Agar did that ends with. You know, the Nebraska fan saying something, well, I told you so, because, uh, um, yeah, to no surprise, to no surprise did this happen. It's, there, there's a certain level of, and I don't necessarily like using this word, but it's a buzzword. It's, it's been very popular, uh, especially online in the last, you know, five or so years. Toxic. I feel like you, you swap out a few letters because Texas is toxic. Uh, they they go in whatever conference they're in, they try to strong arm in some you know places they succeed and then they implode that very conference. And 
like that's not me being sorry. Like, I don't give a shit about Texas. You know, um, Nebraska's in a better position now. I don't miss the Big 12. Um, I'm just any conference that would even consider adding Texas, you know, buyer beware. Um, the, the only reason they'd be looking at the SEC or perhaps the SEC would be looking at Texas is because there's no way that Texas's antics would fly in the Southeast Conference. You know, I, last night I went to dinner to celebrate my future daughter-in-law's 30th birthday. I had uh, a whiskey burger. I, we went to a place that had a 12-page menu, and only two of those pages were food. Okay, yeah. well, that, that's good because Gordon Ramsay would say that's, that's way too, too many options. I don't know how many pages were scotch. <laughs> so in the past, you know, it would have been my kind of place, but now I'm okay with just having the whiskey burger, two quarter pound ham, you know, patties, which were quite alive. And I was sitting there and it suddenly occurred to me that this might be the most fun college football season of our lives. I mean, besides the years of the 90s when, when Nebraska was winning national titles, because if you remember our last year in the Big 12, the officials fucked the shit out of us. <laughs> and I want to watch an entire football season full of Texas getting fucked over and over and fucked and smashed into the ground. If only our Big 12 officiating crews have the balls Fuck those Texas Longhorns and fuck them again. And then when it gets to basketball season, we're all so tired from laughing at Texas, who went 0-8 or 0-9 <laughs> or how many fucking games they play in this shitbag league. They go into basketball season. All the fucking basketball players have to go into tiny arenas by relative comparison. And their crowds are just like, ah, Fuck you, fuck you, fuck, fuck, fuck you, fuck. And the officials were like, yeah, fuck you, fucking Texas fuckers. Fuck you. It's not a block, it's a charge, you cocksuckers. Block charges, you get nothing. And then they go into baseball season, and the entire Big 12 conference with their heckling says, you know what, the gloves are off. You can use all the fucking profanity you want. And then they're just, I, I don't care. Throw balls at them. Not like strike the balls, but balls. Just throw at them. Fuck Texas. Fuck them. Fuck them all through this year. <sighs> Could be a fun But you can't, you can't do horns down to them. You can fuck them, but you can't go horns down. I'm guessing you can do whatever you want. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they, you know what? And I'm hoping Bob Bowlesby thinks about the fact that my heart rate's way up. I'm thinking that Bob Bowlesby is thinking about the fact that, you know, I don't really feel like handing Oklahoma a Big 12 trophy this year. So I'm not going to. The fuck Oklahoma fucked them repeatedly and bashed them into the ground. You think you're making the college football playoffs, Lincoln Riley? Kiss my ass. And when they go play Iowa State, they just uh, lose uh, Oklahoma. They just lose to Kansas State. Then they lose to Kansas. Then they lose. Screw them, too. Do you think you – know, it, it's, it's interesting. Can be done now because I'm tired. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll at least uh, allow you to catch your breath uh, briefly. 
Do you think that Big Twelve uh, officiating whatever will will rescind their decision to penalize teams for for doing the horns down? Because <laughs> I feel like they've spent an awful lot of time, twenty plus years, protecting Texas, and now that Texas is uh, uh, showing their true colors, which I contend are some of the ugliest damn you know uh, colors that have ever. Ever uh, graced college athletics? Uh, it's calf scours. Okay. Have you ever worked on cows? No. Yeah. But they are delicious. Okay. Well, I have. You know, one of the things in my younger life, I worked for ranchers, and I helped. You know, detesticalize calves and branding and vaccinating and all that kind of stuff, and they shit on you a lot. And when they get a, something called the scours, the color of their shit is exactly the same color as the Texas Longhorns. It's the same as and my. Uh, no, you know. I, I've 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 changed a few diapers here recently that are the same color as uh as that. So uh, Texas is. <laughs> it, it comes at a time, uh, oddly enough, you know, conferences have been only expanding really since you know about ten years ago when when Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri. Texas A&M all, you know, kind of uh, started their departures from the Big 12. Uh, the the Pac-10 grew, Big 10, SEC, all, all, the, uh, to the point where these other conferences are cannibalizing the Big 12. It, I feel like the the trend should go the other way. I would be more excited to see smaller conferences. You know, like let let's perhaps get back to a uh, a, a big eight type uh, of and, and I had this conversation uh, with a coworker. We we talk a lot of college football. He's an Notre Dame fan. Uh, yes, I do hold that against him. Um, but he he said, okay, if you could if you could have Nebraska in any conference, what would it be? And and I'm springing this on you guys because and, and I'm sure my answer would be different from yours. If you have the opportunity, maybe to think about it while I while I jot down or, or while I tell, you know, the conference that, you know, in, in my perfect world, Nebraska would be in this conference. So we have Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Colorado, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. I feel like that would be a very good upper Midwest conference that ensures you know it, it brings back some old rivalries you get oklahoma nebraska back you get nebraska colorado and the uh, uh risky run of having you know uh, ziploc bags of urine thrown on you you get iowa i think minnesota and wisconsin could be good rivals and for for me personally i want illinois in there because as an illinois resident i want the ability to steal you know, drive a very minimal distance and see my beloved Huskers, which I'm contemplating doing in August uh, here in a month. So, um, if, if you know, search your brain, think about it. But I'm curious to know where you guys would land if you had a smaller conference that uh, Nebraska uh, could be in if, if the trend ever reversed. Well, Greg, I, I don't disagree a whole lot with your – with your picks, the only thing I would do is I'd swap Iowa State out for Illinois uh, because of my loyalties to Iowa State. But um, other than that, 
you know, I, I would think that, or maybe we add Iowa State along with Illinois and just have one a big nine. more school. A big nine. I'm all right with the big nine. A big nine. The big nine. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's become pretty obvious that um, I, we're not going to – I truly do not believe it's headed in that direction. Never. Uh, it's To me, it, it looks like the, the groundwork is being laid for a new division of college football that will be 100% separate from the NCAA. And I understand, you know, the NCAA is not um, heavily, they don't have as much control of division one as they do uh, the other levels. But I, I truly believe that we are seeing the beginning of, you know, the college football conference or whatever the hell they're going to call it. And NFL light, uh, that's what they're going to call it. It's called what? NFL light. NFL light. Yeah, yeah, that would be good as well. Just go ahead. And and I, I think it's going to be, you know, a 32-team conference or something like that. And, um, you know, I've even read about relegation like uh, European soccer. But um, I don't know. I don't know where it's I, – I, I can't say for sure, but it appears to me we're headed in, in a direction similar to that. As someone who's been watching – and rewatching Ted Lasso, the idea the idea of relegation is really intriguing. Can you imagine what a college fan base would be like in this country if their college football team got dropped down, got relegated at the end of a season? I mean, oh my God, I can't imagine what. See you later, USC. Yes, you can because that's what's happening to Kansas State right now. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. That's that's what is happening. Kansas State, Iowa State, you know, those schools. That, you're right, John. That's good. Yeah. You know, Kansas State, uh, John Morris has run our Kansas State site for a very long time. I don't communicate with him much, uh, as I obviously used to when we were in the Big 12. But, you know, I feel for those guys. They're, they're watching their their fan base get annihilated, their school get annihilated, and they really have no options. So I guess if I chose a conference, I think I'd include Kansas State because I love to hate them, you know, and I'd include Iowa State because they're easy to drive to. Uh, and I, I like the Big Ten. I, I do. I like the Big Ten conference. Uh, I like the fact that Rutgers is in our conference because we can make fun of them. And uh, – they're in New Jersey, and I don't. I've never been to New Jersey. I've been to Maryland though, and crab cakes are really unbelievably good. Um, and uh, you know, those two schools won't exist after climate change starts in the next three years, and the East Coast gets buried by water. So they're going to go away anyway. So uh, relegated by Mother Nature. <laughs> yeah, take them out of the conference anyway. You know, I think Maryland and Rutgers are nice, but you know, they're they're done as. They're done as states or whatever they are. So it brings to mind another, I don't even want to call it a rumor. I don't even want to call it, you know, like a, a hearsay. It's just ridiculous nonsense that circulates from an idiot on Twitter who, I'm not even going to mention his name, but he said, text from a source, Ohio State, uh, talking with officials from the ACC. It's not ever going to happen. And I wish people would stop propagating such ridiculous dirt sheet information. 
the the problem with these people is they have no concept of the Big Ten. No. And the problem with them is is when they look at the Big Ten, they look at the SEC, and they look at the Pac-12, all they see is sports. Which when you look at the Big Ten conference, uh, I tweeted the other day that all of the rumors about Ohio State going to the SEC are really they're completely off base for one reason, one big reason, and that's because the academics. The people who are in academics at the Big Ten at Ohio State would never tolerate their university being infected with that much dumb. When you add up all of the money that goes into athletics and compare that to all the money that goes into research grants and the amount of money and the amount of sheer power that's in the academic sides of all these Big Ten universities, the athletics is a kind of an afterthought. It's not a complete afterthought, but the presidents that run these universities don't give a shit as much as you think. They have to at Nebraska because they wake up and their card be on fire. At Ohio <laughs> State, the athletic department serves as the tip of the spear in recruiting students. Okay? Now, do you want to think they really want to join the SEC and recruit stupid students? Because that's go, who mostly goes to those universities. You know, maybe not, maybe not places like Georgia and Florida University might be a little bit above, but who goes to Alabama to cure cancer? Fucking nobody. That's who. So the, all these, the Bill Ohio State going to join the SEC. No, they're not because they, their academic people would kill them. John, by that logic, how long does the Big Ten put up with the uh, University of Nebraska since they're no longer an AAU school? Everybody knows we have the University of Nebraska Medical Center is now one of the top places in the, in the world for coronavirus research. So yeah, okay, I, I get it. Everybody but, knows that that's bullshit. And everybody also knows that when you say academics in the University of Nebraska, it wouldn't matter if we cured cancer, came up with anti-gravity machines, came up with a new form of energy that didn't actually poop waste, everybody would still look at us and say, you're a bunch of hicks. There's nothing we're ever going to do to get over that. So, I, you know, if I was in the same room, I'd, I'd have probably just picked up a folding chair and a railroad spike out of my shorts and just re ill wrestling school attack your ass. Is that a railroad spike in your shorts, or are you just happy to see Greg? Yeah, Wow. <laughs> He's keeping that horn high. Classier in the afternoon than we are at night. Woo! <laughs> I can do it. It, it, it. Everybody's seen it. I've only got one child at home, and he's in the other room, uh, hopefully preoccupied by destruction or mayhem. Up, oh, it's like <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. I said his name, and here we are. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so hold on. Well, Todd, well, he's doing that. Let's make, oh, it's too too quick. I had to learn about Plant Guy, who's like Swamp Thing except a kid. Is that <laughs> what they're teaching in schools these days? No, it's... Vegetarianism? I, uh, no, you'd have to get my son to eat uh, vegetables, and uh, you'd have better luck plucking my eyes out. <laughs> and I'll put up a fight, I'm just saying. Uh, so... <laughs> So we are, this is the last five-heart episode of July. 
we are coming into really fall camp. Uh, it's just about to start. I don't know how many days away. It's got to be soon because the f- first tomorrow. football game tomorrow. Tomorrow the 30th or tomorrow the 31st because this episode will drop oh. on the 30th. Ted. Well, Todd. As we as we record this, this evening is fan appreciation night. Okay. Well, hopefully it's not right. a billion degrees. <laughs> Scott Frost has had his presser today. I I got kids. All right, I can't keep up with. <laughs> We're just trying to help you along, Greg. We're okay. just, just trying to. <sighs> All right. So fall camp has started. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. What are some of the? I, I, we asked this question, John. I, I think it was you uh, during Big Ten Media Days last week. Asked, you know, what what are the storylines that uh, you know our our Facebook uh, fans and, and commenters would be most interested in? And they said we don't care about Big Ten Media Days. We just want wins. Uh, so to that end, what? Who? Who? And. Who are we following? What storylines are of peak interest for us uh, in the month of August heading into that first game against Burt uh, in Illinois? Who is our starting running back? Not Greg Mahochka, I can tell you that much. No. It's not Todd or me either. No. Um, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And Scott Frost said in his presser today, he wants to settle the position battles earlier in camp rather than later. So everybody is prepared to go and the big, the number ones can all work against each other and set up big smashing battles. So they're prepared to kick the shit out of their opponents this year, which they apparently weren't prepared before. So I, I, since I have the opportunity to be a part of the conversation uh, this week, when we look back at Big Ten Media Days, were we – did we feel I, – I know that Scott Frost is excited. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it be you guys, you know, personally or you guys as, you know, of course, founder and, and writer for Coronation or just fans, on a scale of 1 to 10, where's your excitement level for the football season? I mean, I know it always has, you know, the, the off-season – Okay, we're we're calm in in you know May and June, July. I mean, are are you starting to feel that excitement ramp up, that enthusiasm a little bit? Um, the I don't want to say hype, but where are you at in regards, uh, you know, emotionally to this upcoming football season, Todd? I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Um, but I'm that way every fall, and uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys that you know is going to base my emotions, my level of excitement about, you know, the, the, the prog, whatever the prognosticators are staying about Nebraska. Um, I'm, I'm pumped for, for kickoff. I'm ready to see him play Illinois. And, um, I just, I just want to watch football. I want to get the season going. Um, I'm not going to sit there and, and feel any less than if, you know, the team was coming in off of a, you know, a 10 and two season and a bowl victory, you know, and everybody returning, you know, okay. It's a new football season. It's football. Let's get excited and let's play. John. It's fall camp time. Start, start drinking the Kool-Aid sons of bitches. This is it. 
either get on the boat or get off because we're taking off the shore, going on a fantastic journey. That no journey may go out. It, it might go out 20 yards from shore and sink the moment it hits the Illinois game. God help us. But uh, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready because it's going to be an exciting college football season. I just I just told you a part of what I'm interested in watching, you know, happen this year. But I am I think this is Frost's most complete team. He seems to have everybody coming together. Of course, we said that before, but yeah, it's yeah. Let's go. Let's get even. <laughs> 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 So, so for me, you know, I'm, if you had asked me this, you know, a month ago, I'd have been a little bit more on the fence. In fact, uh, a buddy of mine who I've been to a couple of Nebraska, Illinois games in Champaign with, uh, he said, Hey man, August 28th, are are you thinking about going? And at that time, I didn't really have an answer. I've got out of, uh, uh, I'll be out of town in September. I don't like to leave my wife home, uh, you know, with, with three kids and, and two of them being infants, uh, you know, for extended periods of time. So uh, I didn't have an answer. I said, probably not. I'll probably just watch it. His concern is champagne at the end of August. It might be 110 degrees before you step in in the stadium. I said, ah, that's, a, that's a fair uh, concern as well. The more I got thinking about it, I asked my wife, I said, just this past week, uh, so earlier this week, I guess, as is, is this drops on Friday, I said, would you be interested? Uh, I'll lay out a few scenarios. Either she and I go. Cause we've been before, you know, the two of us, I said, uh, she, the, the two of us and, and our oldest go, or I take the oldest. I don't think he and I would survive the last one. I think, you know, I, I took him right before COVID hit. We went to, uh, the first home game for the St. Louis battle Hawks, the XFL. And at halftime he was four at the time, but still he's like, I'm ready to go home. So, can't do that at a Husker game because I won't allow it. You'll sit there and you'll sleep on the bench or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Wear some sunscreen. <laughs> you, you put a towel over your face, but we're not leaving. Uh, so we, we're laying out some scenarios. We're really thinking it over. Uh, my, the more I think about football, you know, this was the year that, you know, before COVID and before, you know, we had twins, we were seriously thinking about going to Ireland to watch this game. Um, because we've always wanted to go to Ireland, and you know, it, it, I went to Los Angeles and San Diego and saw Nebraska lose to UCLA a few years ago. So why not so put another vacation around a Husker football game? Uh, so the the every day that passes, I get you know, to borrow one of Haas's words, incrementally more <laughs> excited for. Uh, so so by the time August twenty eighth. Uh, arrives whether i'm in champagne or in my own home uh i'm gonna be peak level uh and and i'm gonna be ready to go uh the boys have already have husker onesies my five-year-old we need to get him a, a husker shirt that fits um but we're we're bleeding husker red um I, it was funny when the twins were i don't think i put this on on social media but I'm, i think i shared it in the slack chat room when the twins were born and they were itty bitty and in the hospital still, and I wrapped them up in some Husker blankets, and I, I, I think I told told the Slack group or maybe on my my own Facebook page, you know, Husker born and Husker bred, and when I die, I'll be Husker dead. <laughs> so what that that's the mentality of our house now, and uh, so every as, as I mentioned, I'm, I've rambled and I apologize, but the closer we get to kickoff on August twenty eighth. The, the more excited that I am. And 
to both of your points, uh, this might be, and certainly hope it is, the best team that Scott Frost has had here in Lincoln. I think it's another one of those, you know, the offseason being what it was, uh, uh, some addition by subtraction. And then you watch uh, some of those studs uh, from uh, the spring game, you know, and, and some of the true freshmen coming in, and, and you're like, you know, we've got we've got some talent. We've got some nice transfers. We've got, uh, you know, the kid from uh, – or I, I, don't, I think they're all young men, so I apologize for my, you know, word selection, but uh, the kid who came from, up from uh, D2 uh, from uh, Montana – um and the uh, the transfer from Ohio State, I mean the uh, Marquez um, from USC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we you know the, we're finding guys who want to play football, you know, and, and you know hopefully we get their very best, you know, and and everybody stays healthy. I think if if this team. We haven't had a, a Scott Frost football season in Lincoln where the key players have, have stayed healthy, where all of them had stayed healthy. So if we can get through the regular season healthy, I really do like where we're going to be at at the end of November. All we got to do is, is you know, the, I don't know, the cream rises to the top, right? And and so let's let's get to, to Frost Point from that presser. Let's get these number ones you know, determined early and get that rhythm built up because you don't want to have something happen on the 26th of August and and you have to, you know, put somebody else in and then there's that rhythm off. Maybe it's a handoff or or uh, receivers a step slower than uh, whoever might have been. So, um, yeah, let's let's just keep building. Let's you got to got to get answers to these questions early, though, Frost. Come on now, bud. Yeah, so who's going to start at running back, Todd? Well, you know, okay, so I, I agree. Um, I don't think it's going to be Marquis Step. I, I just, I mean, I, he may end up being the top running back, but I think it's going to be either Marvin Scott or Gabe Irvin. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. Um, you know, Marvin Scott, am I right? Marvin, that's his first name, isn't it? Okay. You know, Marvin I, I think he's third. a solid – The third, okay. I think he's a solid player, um, and if I recall – He's pretty good coming out of the backfield and catching passes and that kind of thing. Because the reason I think he's going to be the starter is because the first play of the season is going to be a horizontal pass to the sideline to the running back. (laughs) And so you're going to need to have a running back that can catch the ball. So in my mind, it's whatever running back is the best out of the backfield catching passes because it's going to be that pass to the sideline i um to I, i'm going to step in real quick because it's important to note that it was the illinois game last season where they opened up with that swinging gate pass they won't expect us to <laughs> do it again after the after the first time that it failed last season uh in the first or second game nobody should have, should have expected to see it again because we should have <laughs> never done it again uh yet here we are so uh no it's not gonna be a swinging gate pass. Um, you know, Gabe Irvin, you know, there's a lot of a huge upside to Irvin. And going back to the spring game, I mean, it's hard to believe that it's been three or whatever, four months back now. Uh, I guess it was May, eh, whatever. Um, but two of the more exciting players that that we saw, you know, 
in the backfield were uh, Irvin and Jacques Yant. I mean, a couple yeah, of yeah. true freshmen. So yeah. two different styles of running, but you've got a little bit of thunder and lightning in those two, you know? And, and certainly if you're not, if, if they're not on the field this year where I think they will be, you are setting, you know, the foundation for them to come in and, and really make a difference in, in years two and three. You know, Greg, I think, you know, one of the things, and you, as you were talking earlier, I think they got to figure out who their top running back is. And, you know, you mentioned staying healthy. I think that there's enough depth across the board on this football team that they can, they can absorb, you know, uh, some injuries. Not, not a lot, but they could absorb some injuries, except for one position, and that <laughs> is a quarterback. Um, because, you know, John, John has made it very clear in previous conversations, one of his biggest worries is who is that backup quarterback? Um, and, you know, so if Adrian Martinez can stay healthy, um, but more importantly, I, he's not going to start all 12 games. I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. So it's the development of that second quarterback. And, and in my mind, I have, I don't know, I don't know who the backup's going to be, but one of those guys is going to have to rise up to the top. Hogan Smothers. <laughs> Just because he, he's been around. Yeah. And Heinrich Harburg looks like he could be a player, but he's just, he's raw. And uh, hopefully neither of these guys. We You know what? I hope we see these guys in the Illinois game. Like after the first series of the third quarter, because Illinois is so downtrodden. Because we're up sixty nine to three. Go okay. We'll call the dogs off because it's fifty eight to two. We we took a safety in the last play of the second half just to make you feel like you didn't get you aren't going to get skunked, you fucks. And then uh, you know those one of those guys come in. But but yeah, quarterback is. Uh, I I don't honestly I don't understand why they didn't maybe try to pick up a transfer, but apparently they feel comfortable with having guys who have never taken a snap in an actually college football game. So, <laughs> according to Huskers.com, uh, Adrian Martinez and Logan Smothers are both listed at 6'2". But, again, if I remember correctly from that spring game, Logan Smothers looked at the very best 5'2". 5'2"? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't look the same size as Adrian. No. He doesn't look. No, he doesn't. Um, and there's no Logan Smothers. I think. And again, we all know that the backup quarterback's the most popular um, player on on the football roster, right? Uh, regardless of what team you're rooting for. And I think maybe that's where Husker fans are so frustrated right now is we don't know who the backup is. We don't know who to cheer for. <laughs> um, I think the weird thing is, is you know, when Luke McCaffrey came in, we're all like, oh, he's going to be the savior. He's a, he's a McCaffrey. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get Logan Smothers, who seems like a pretty good athlete and a pretty good football player. And it's like if you said Logan Smothers, I'd be like, oh, whatever. I, I was but very I, high on, on Logan Smothers. Um, and, and Logan Smothers came came to Lincoln, you know, highly – you know, sought after. You know, he he had he had a little bit uh, a hype, uh, as as a kid say, a little bit of speck on his name, right? <laughs> uh, it's probably not what the kids say. I apologize to all the kids out there, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, 
you know, so I, if clearly we want Adrian, he, he's our best chance, and we want him to stay healthy because it'd be nice to have your starting QB healthy. You know, other teams do it. I don't know why we can't. Um, and we don't have Colorado on the schedule this year to, you know, twist the knee or anything like that. So, uh, if we can keep Adrian healthy, that's clearly the, the desired outcome for the season. Uh, Logan Smothers, if he has to step in, I, I'm confident that he'll hold his own, you know, and, and if he's just a placeholder for, for one of the other guys to, to get in and, and get ready, then, you know, that, that's what he is, but understanding your role. And I think that's, uh, what Luke McCaffrey found is he didn't, he, maybe he was told he'll, he'll come in and he'll be a, a quarterback. Clearly, you know, after trying quarterback, his skills were, would be, would have been best utilized elsewhere. So he went to Louisville thinking there were greener pastures and he was there for half a cup of coffee and then he transferred out again. I mean, it, it's unreal, uh, you know, how, the little bit of time he spent in Eastern Kentucky before going to Rice. If you want to be a quarterback, great, but don't don't have high expectations of, of doing it with your skill level at at a you know top tier D one team. Because I, mean, I know Nebraska is not top tier anymore. Louisville's not really there, but we'll say D one. You know, I don't think Rice is D one, or if they are, they're not competing for anything. Sorry, Owls. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, getting back to preseason, <clears throat> really the backfield, I think, is, is where we have the most question. Quarterback, running back, um, offensive line, you know, the, the I think, again, they're a, a team, they're a unit that got better. We saw how, how well they played together in that final game, uh, last year, and, you know they've they've been working. They've been you know stacking up weight, and and uh, this is where Haas would come in and say, you know, it's it's functional, functional weight, you know, functional strength that they're making. Uh, oh, I mean, they spit out my my dip. Ding. Uh, <laughs> love wow. You. Love you, Haas. Well, he he does. He knows it. He he's a he's a skull man. I think coping. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, um, you know, so I'm really excited about the offense and defense. Oddly enough, I don't have many concerns. I think this is going to be one of the best defenses we've had overall. I mean, a, a ton of veteran leadership. I mean, look at, we have three fourths of the defensive secondary coming back and the fourth one could be that former five-star recruit to Ohio state. It's not guaranteed. And uh, I was reading an article, uh, somewhere uh that he knows it too you know Deontay Williams who who helped uh, uh was that that kind of connection um to to get him to Lincoln it's like you're gonna have to fight you know there are a lot of hungry guys uh that that want to be that that fourth spot in the secondary the linebacking core should be you know you've got Will Honus and a Jojo Doman uh you've got a lot of talent there and it's just up to the coaching staff to put them in the best position Onus is out for a while. Okay, thank you. I, what you have is Luke Reimer. Hey, he was fine. I mean, he you showed up. You do not have. You know what you do not have, Greg? Um, enough sleep. A subscription to the athletic. <laughs> but we don't have a pass rusher. We don't ever have a pass rusher. 
Yeah, well, I don't know if we have one this year again either. And I, I really, what are they going to do to come up with? You, you kind of have to generate some pass rush somehow. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest though. I was impressed by at the end when we saw him last season for Darius Payne. You know, I, I think he, he could, he could be that guy that's, that's got that motor, uh, to get a little pressure on, on the, on the QB. Um, but you're right. And, and Ben Stilley showed tremendous, thank you, Todd, uh, showed tremendous improvement last year. And I think, you know, I think people forget that Ben Stilley at this point is like as old as me. You know, he's been on campus <laughs> for 20 years, uh, getting better every day. Uh, it, it's right there in the prayer, day by day, getting better and better. Um, so he, he's, he's a grown man in the middle of that defensive line. And, and I think that he's going to, I think he's going to show out. I, I think, I think Ben still is going to have the type of season that's going to get him drafted. You know, I guess there's, there's some uncertainty, you know, with some of the new players that have coming in or, you know, the new guys that they project to be playing meaningful minutes on defense. Um, but if, you know, Jojo Doman stays healthy. I think that that defense is going to find ways to free him up to get to the quarterback. I, I think that's where where the pressure is going to come from. Um, you know, Casey Rogers, he seems to be pretty athletic too. So maybe maybe that is another place where where they're going to get some kind of heat on the quarterback. But you're right, there has to be a pass rush. That's that's something. Geez, I don't remember who the last good Nebraska pass rusher was, you know, and Dominic and Sue, Randy Gregory, um, you know, those two guys are the ones that stand out in my mind. And that's been, it's a long time coming. It's been what uh, did, did Randy Gregory even play in the big 10? I mean, has it been that long? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, anything else? They, they could, they could pay somebody to come to school to be a pass rusher. <laughs> Anything else? Omar Manning, is he actually going to contribute on the field this year? Yes. Okay. I really hope so. I really hope he does. I, I think Special teams, is Daniel Cerny going to be the Aussie punter that when you say Aussie punter and we all go, oh God, an Aussie punter, and he bams the ball. He, if it's if the Nebraska is playing Iowa at the end of the year and we're on our own three-yard line and we can't get out of there, is Daniel Cerny going to be the guy that comes out and mashes off an Australian 75-yard punt to tell Kirk Ferentz to kiss his ass? No, and I'll tell you why for those Aussie-style punts. <laughs> the, don't, the, the Aussie-style punts, they, they tend to run a little to the side, right, and then, and then they kick the ball. Uh, it, it really just depends on the protection up front at that point. And, and depending, I could see that one going bad. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I, hope, I hope one of the 359 kickers they have on campus can kick the ball out of the end zone. That'd be nice. That'd be I nice. hope. Uh, Thomas Godone is out until uh, we might, he might be available late in the season. And remember the, they can play in four games and still maintain a red shirt now. So, you know, maybe Thomas, those four games at the end of the season are going to be what Nebraska, uh, you know, given that we don't lose the Illinois game and everybody doesn't abandon ship as it's sinking, uh, those four games at the last end of the season, I mean, Thomas Fedone could come in and go, yeah, oh, I, 
him and Austin Allen and that Vocalek kid could all join together and we beat Stanford for a couple games. I have a, I have a question. Yes? Yeah. Uh, so does the bowl game that Nebraska will get to, does that count as one of the four? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. All right. So really three games at the end of the regular season and then the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Which okay. is you're going to have to be really careful there because when you go into the college football playoff, do you want to preserve those red shirts or not? That's how excited I am for fucking football season. I love it. I love it. I love that that you took my what if and escalated it. Yeah, well, you know what? August is the month that they just call it the month of delusion for me. And I'm fine with it. And people all go, oh, well, you're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Every day I got to hear my son, my fucking youngest son, the gopher. Come up and say shit like, boy, you're going to be happy in September. Hey, is anybody clapping? Is that distracting for you, Dad? Fucking shit ass. I hope we beat the living shit out of Minnesota like some small children. Like those, you ever go online just to make yourself feel better as a human and watch those mascot games against little kids that are playing football? Just watch those YouTube videos of the mascots running over fifth graders. That's what I want against Minnesota. I want weeping. I want weeping gopher fans. That's what I want. I And the best part is you'll be there probably taking pictures of it when it happens. And then we'll have weeping. Look, there's one with blood coming out of his eyes <laughs> instead of tears. That fucker's going on the front page. That and we'll, we'll have weeping uh, gopher fans lining up uh, on the shelf behind John uh, moving forward. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, it's been a blast. Uh, thank you so much for allowing me to come back and be part of this week's show. Hopefully uh, more Five Heart Podcasts going forward. Let's uh, let's do our thank yous and our gratitudes. Thank you to uh, Todd Wolverton, and thank you to John Dam Johnston uh, for joining this episode. I'm Greg Mahochko reminding you this week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John! Go Big Red! Todd. You're supposed to follow it up with Go Big Red? Come on, motherfucker. I don't have a catchphrase. Now, see, that's when you're at a game and some guy off by himself yells, Go Big Red, then you. Oh! Well, then let's do it again. <laughs> All right. Hey. I, for wait, for Todd Wolverton, for John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahachko reminding you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Go Big Red! Oh my God, it only... Wait. <laughs> hey, I got one for you guys. Oh I learned God, this, I, I learned this at our conference today. I don't care, you can what? record it. You can record it. <laughs> I learned this at the conference today, that one of the keynote speakers, she was really dynamic and had everybody up jumping around. And it's, like it goes a, a little bit like this. This is the perfect song for Nebraska. First, you form, 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 form the corn. Next, you pick, you pick, pick the corn. That doesn't make any sense, though. Then you husk, you husk, you husk, husk the form, corn. And then you pop, 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 pop the corn. <laughs>